Ride Detroit Weekly is brought to you by Wingman Water, the original drinking water. Drinking sparkling water out of an old school long neck bottle just feels right. Gives you that little bit of confidence to socialize with the rest of the crowd without needing the alcohol to fit in. Party on with confidence and no hangover at caterwingman.com. That's cater, K-A-T-E-R, wingman.com. Loomis Helmet, the world's first smart bicycle helmet with integrated headlight, brake light, and turn signals. Whether you're traveling by bike, scooter, or board, Loomis Helmets will make sure you're seen and safe along the way. Check out what they're doing now at Kickstarter or loomishelmet.co. That's loomis, L-U-M-O-S, helmet.co. Griffin Claw Brewing Company. Michigan brewed world-class beers with tradition and innovative technology, including the award-winning Raggedy Ass IPA. Visit a tap room in Birmingham and Rochester Hills, Michigan, or on the web at griffinclawbrewingcompany.com. That's griffinclawbrewingcompany.com. Tapped Beverages. Serving up small batch non-alcoholic craft beverages and food since 2018. They also do wholesale keg deliveries for restaurants, hotels, your house, and more. Step up your hospitality with nitro cold brew coffee on tap to share at your home or business. Order and find out more at tappedbeverages.com. That's tapped, T-A-P-P-E-D, beverages.com. American Cycle and Fitness, Michigan's largest bicycle retailer with a focus on excellent customer service. Trek certified mechanics are some of the best and guaranteed to keep you rolling. In addition to seven bike shops in the Metro Detroit area, located in Midtown Detroit is Electric Avenue Bikes. The e-bike exclusive store with a focus on getting more people on bikes due to the comfort of an e-bike assisting you along the way. Also, the home of Ride Detroit walking and e-bike tours and the Ride Detroit Weekly Podcast. Browse, shop, and learn more at AmericanCycleAndFitness.com. That's AmericanCycleAndFitness.com. Wow. <laughs> the mission here is that we're trying to get more people yeah. on Are we live right now? So this week, man, I get a smile. I'm already getting warm inside. This is one of my best friends. I actually like look up to this guy like a mentor. I know he can hear me saying it, Ryan. He's heard me say it before. Michael Ruder has really brought me up in the game. Um, whether it was acoustic bikes, any question I had about doing a show or anything in the bike world, I've always been able to reach out to Michael. So it's awesome and so special to me that we got to partner up this year on Ride Detroit and Electric Avenue Bikes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Michael Ruder, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Michael, what's up, brother? Hey, Jason. How what's are you? On? How are you, man? I'm 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 good. You're looking good. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, we're over here. I mean, the shop looks good. That's what looks good. The shop looks good. We well, got. Yeah, know? that's what I meant. That's what yeah. you meant. I don't look good. The shop looks good. We got it lit. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got. We're trying to do the best. We're working with the best we got here, so we can sneak this little half hour in between all the like, like you heard earlier. And you know, it's been picking up for spring, um, like none other. I mean, it literally was like a a switch flipping. It, when it went from 40 to even 50, it just overnight, yeah. the, the phone just started ringing. Yeah. So everywhere. Yeah, man. So before we get into Electric Everybody. Avenue bikes, let's, you hear that thing? Yep. Let, let's talk about where you got started because everybody likes to know the beginning of this thing. All right. So uh, let's talk about your background 
in the hospitality industry. And then we'll talk about a little bit how that transcends into our philosophy at American Cycle and Fitness and on Electric Avenue Bikes. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was uh, very fortunate uh, right out of college, Michigan State. I had a degree in hotel management, had a degree in international relations, uh, and I went the hotel route and got a job with uh, Marriott Hotels right out of the right out of the gate, and I worked with uh, them for about eight years in uh, different properties across the United States, from Georgia to Maryland, Washington D.C., uh, Ohio, uh, and then in in Michigan, which is where I'm from, and that's where I ended up with Marriott, and that's where I decided to leave Marriott and then head into the bicycle business. So what, that's a, that's quite a, you know, like some people say, oh, I grew up in this industry or whatnot. Uh, that's quite a, a leap, you know, from hotel management to bike shop owner. What, what inspired that movement? You know, was something going on? What, tell me about that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, my wife still asks that question. Uh, <laughs> so I, I got to a point where I decided I wanted to, you know, I was not very entrepreneurial from the start, but I wanted to have my own business. So very methodically, I sat down and I had columns of what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I wanted to wear a t-shirt to work. There we go. T-shirt. Uh -huh. uh, shorts. I'm not going to jump up, but I have shorts on. Uh -huh. uh, I wanted something that was service oriented. I wanted something that was environmentally you know, it, I was doing something that was good for the environment where, well, you know, it was something that was positive. It was good for health. And I always was a cyclist, not competitive by any means, but recreational. And I said, yep, that's what I want to do. I want to open a bike shop. So I came home one day and I said to Suzette, my wife, and she still is, uh, that's, that's a whole nother story, but I said to her, yeah, I'm, I'm quitting my high paying corporate job with Marriott and I'm going to start a bike shop. And I slept in the spare bedroom for about a, at least, at least a good week before there was conversation back and forth about what this was all about. And I spent a good two years at that point researching. I, you know, I'm always methodical about everything I do. And, oh, I know. Okay, research it, spreadsheets back in 1990, 1991 spreadsheets. You know, uh, I think we were doing them by hand back then. And uh, yeah, ended up with uh, coming up with a location. Actually, one of them that's still there in Wald Lake, which was my first location. And uh, I quit Marriott on a Friday. Uh, late, uh, what was it? Late August, and then on Monday, September first, I opened the bike shop. There we go. Wow. So, when did you have your first? And I know you've had many. When was your first? I think I might have done the wrong thing. Moments in life, like in that. Did you ever oh. have? I mean, come on. Oh, oh, oh! The first day. <laughs> the first day. Yeah, because we talked really... about that. How many, how many, how really, much did you sell your first day? I think we did 99 cents in sales. I think we did 99 cents. I think I sold a Presta valve adapter, which uh, we need to raise the price on those. But uh, so, uh, yeah, the first day, 
I mean, I really didn't have time to think about it because I quit Marriott on a Friday and I started the bike shop on Monday. And in between there, I was working crazy hours to get it open. And so I never really thought about what happens when you open. So I open in September. You don't open a bike shop in September if you want to do business, at least back then. Uh, and well, now, then, yeah, now it's uh, risky too. Yeah, nine, 99 cents in sales. And I go home and I looked at Sue and I go, I think I, I think I upped up, you know? And, uh, so the second day wasn't a whole lot better. And, uh, finally the third day we did like $500 in sales and I go, Oh, okay. I can do this and never look back from there. Nice. So how long did it take to go from one, one store to the next? Yeah. You know, it seemed like it was forever. And then when I look back at it, so we opened the first store in September of 1993. And then, uh, and when I say we, I meant me because I was the only employee. That was it. Uh, I worked seven days a week, opened the clothes. I built bikes. I serviced bikes. I sold, you know, I did everything. Customer would come in and the phone would ring and I'd yell to the back, Hey, George, get the phone. You know, so it looked like there was more people working there. And there, there wasn't. And uh, so uh, in 1995, actually, I guess it was January of 1996, we, uh, I, had a, I did have a business partner, Mark, who had a store in Gross Point. Uh, but that's another story. But we uh, opened uh, Royal Oak. We bought uh, Jerry Pavlot, uh, two-wheel authority. Uh, if you remember Jerry, a lot of people probably do. Uh, we bought that store and opened that uh, in 19, January 1996. So that was actually the second, second location uh, that I was involved when in. there was a third location, which uh, Mark owned uh, outright. So that was a good time for bikes. Cause I mean, mountain biking, it seems like if I remember correctly, everybody wanted a mountain bike at that time. You know what I mean? It, it, it was, everybody thought they were, even though they weren't really on a true mountain bike, that was like the style. So you guys are probably doing pretty well at that time, was there a time after that maybe it dipped or did it just sort of stay? Has the, how's the market been? Yeah, I mean, uh, right, right from the, the get-go, that first store took off and became within probably two years was probably the number one location out there in Wald Lake uh, Commerce Township area. Uh, the Royal Oak store, at that time, it was in downtown Royal Oak on Washington. It was... 3,000 square feet, so relatively small right. for what we were used to. Uh, and uh, when we moved that to Woodward, that's when that store just took off and has never looked back. Yeah, yeah. As long as I can remember, uh, ACF has always been the staple. You know what I mean? Honestly, um, that's how I, I, I ended up there. You know, as you know, one of my best friends worked there. And I was just like, hey, man, that, what's cool is that you work there and hopefully I can get your discount, which he never gave me, just so you know. He never gave me his Good. discount. Well, Good. you know, Good. whatever, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we grew up from birth. But ACF has always been, you know, a staple in performance bikes. And so that's what I've always loved about you guys. You know, we've, had, we've got a ton of bike shops around and they all kind of service the sort of same level. But I always thought that ACF, fit a, a spot where people like to be. Whereas sometimes I want a higher performance bike that I know is a good quality machine. And, and that's what I've always thought of American Cycles because you guys are a Trek dealership. Have you always right. been a Trek dealership? 
Yeah, actually, from uh, day one, I mean, we were Schwinn from from day one and Truck from day one, and Schwinn went their way, and we we hooked our uh, you know ourselves to the uh, to the Truck train, which turned out to be a very good decision. So yeah, we've always been a truck dealer. So we went from one, two, three stores. Now we're we get to seven, and that's in you know southeastern Michigan. And then you've got this bright idea. You're looking at Detroit. What? What? When did you first start that process of thinking that Detroit is a viable place where we could not only sell bikes but sell e-bikes? Right. I mean, I grew up in southeastern Michigan, so uh, a Detroiter in the sense of you know I never lived in the city, but visited the city often. So I was always familiar with the city. I was always a fan of the city. Um, and quite honestly, from day one, it was always a thought of when, because at the time it just didn't make sense 30 years ago, uh, in my mind, we had enough things we had to worry about, but uh, it was always when could we open a store in the city and how could we open a store in the city and what would that look like? So that was always kind of being processed. Um, and it was always a, you know, we had these huge, uh, most of the ACF stores, at least the, for the first 25 years or so, were large format stores, 6,000, 7,000, 10,000 square feet. That's a big store. Mm -hmm. That, in my mind, that footprint did not make sense in the city because of rent, just just everything that would, you know, and the amount of bikes you would have to uh, sell to make that work. So it was always like, uh, I just don't see that model working in the city, but it was always a thought process. So when e-bikes came online and I started, uh, you know, we started carrying e-bikes and I started, uh, you know, traveling around the country and visiting other e-bike stores, these were just small hole in the wall stores that were doing phenomenal business. And I was like, huh. And they were largely in urban areas, which was another, another thing. So once, you know, we got to a point with e-bikes, and I still think we're, 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 at, the, we're at the five yard line on e-bikes. We really are, we, we're, we're just at the beginning of this. So we're in early, we're in early there uh, on Woodward. Uh, that's our third store on Woodward, by the way. Uh, and so I start, we started researching, Ken and I started talking and we started looking and then we found this guy named Jason, Jason, wow, how could Jason fit in in all this? And, you know, that kind of just was really what started it all because what you were trying to do with your tour company, you needed bikes, we needed tours. We didn't want to put tours on cause we, you know, we, we don't know anything. We don't know anything about Detroit in that sense of where to go and you do. And so uh, it really came down to this uh, convergence of, uh, of talent. And there's talent right there. There's talent here as, you know, as much as I could, uh, you know, muster and figure out how we're going to do this. No, man, I, I can't. I remember the, the first conversation we had and I remember thinking, why had I not ever thought of this? You know, I, I, and it just made perfect sense. I was, like you said, I was breaking off of, you know, trying to start something new for myself. 
and right. you guys saw an opportunity to let to to partner up with that man and it has been amazing the last couple even through the pandemic you know we've really started to build on some amazing things with tours um and what i'm most proud about um you guys taking a chance on detroit not only are we the first shop but i always talk about how we're really the first line of education on this thing you know we're the first and only all e-bike only store and when you guys and that was another conversation when you guys said let's go all e-bikes i was kind of like yeah. whoa i i i don't know how i feel about this you know like you know what everybody would say price point yada 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 but that was the best decision that we could have made right I, you're you you came from 5000 people on a ride on a monday night on acoustic bikes that you could walk faster to you know e-bikes which you know that I, I, it was a definitely a conversation uh that i remember having with you and trying to see if uh you know you took the took the bait i guess is uh and you did <laughs> well you gave me a bike to ride and i mean once you ride an e-bike and i tell right. this you're not getting off i'm sorry like i mean you might try to convince right. yourself and you'll say oh and you'll say all the things you you feel like you should say like oh, i want to ride a bike and get exercise but in the core right. of it, once you had the experience, that was it. And I think once you loaned me the bike, I didn't give it back. I think I pretty much just commandeered it until we got rid of that. Oh, thing. you still have that bike? No, we sold it. We sold it. I had the only, I had the only 60 centimeter in like yeah. Michigan. And there was a guy who came from some crazy yeah. place. So I had to part with yeah. it, which I don't mind doing because I got to pass along the great experience and stories that I had to somebody else so they could grow within that. Um, can you briefly explain, explain the difference quickly between our e-bikes and, well, not our e-bikes, but maybe a class one, class three, and a class two? Because a lot of people come in and they say, you know, where's the throttle on this thing? And right. I explain it to them. Can you briefly explain to people what the Bosch system, uh, what we use is like? Right. Yeah, so uh, I don't know who started the thought process that e-bikes needed to be put into categories but somebody did and so across i don't even know if it's globally but at least in the united states uh, from a legal standpoint they've classified e-bikes into three categories uh, there's class one which is an e-bike that does not have a throttle which means you have to pedal so a pedal assist up to 20 miles an hour is a class one e-bike uh, and that's important because there are certain um, places that you can ride a class e1 class one e-bike um, and then there's class two e-bikes which is a throttle bike meaning that you don't have to pedal uh, you it's a just like i guess a throttle on a motorcycle for the best way to describe it and uh so you don't have to pedal, you can use a throttle and it's up to 20 miles an hour with the throttle. And then there's class three e-bikes, which is up to 28 miles an hour pedal assist. Okay, class one, for the most part in Michigan, we've worked uh, to have laws passed with the League of Michigan Bicyclists yeah. right. and a class one e-bike for the most part can be ridden uh, just about anywhere, anywhere. Uh, class two throttle, generally cannot be uh, a road on a, a linear trail 
like a rails to trail, there are some exceptions. And then a class three for the most part is a, a, a bike that can be ridden on the road and shouldn't be ridden on uh, the trails, like the linear trails. And I would never, ever, ever violate that, never. Never, absolutely not, absolutely never. not. Uh, you touched on it briefly, the, you, you do a lot of work with the League of Michigan Bicyclists. Is there a yeah. lot of legislation being talked about as far as e-bikes right now? I gotta imagine that it's gotta be a hot button thing because everybody's riding some type of alternative transportation or mobile, you know, motorized vehicle. Yeah, I, yeah, there is. So um, I sit on the board and uh, so I'm involved in a lot of that. And I was lucky because of my experience with e-bikes, I was fortunate enough to be able to uh, talk one-on-one -on -one and testify to get that legislation passed. So I was one of many but it was an uh, interesting process. So the next frontier for e-bike legislation, at least in Michigan, is mountain bikes. Because right now you can't ride a mountain or an e-mountain uh, bike on a trail. Uh, you can increasingly across the country, legislation's being passed and it's being allowed. So eventually, hopefully sooner than later, you will be able to ride an e-bike on a mountain bike trail. So that's legislation that we're actually involved in uh, right now, Peoples for Bikes, League of Michigan Bikes List, uh, and, uh, you know, stakeholders. So that's, that's gonna come. It's gonna come uh, just because there's going to be more people riding e-bikes than not riding e-bikes. So once you have a shift in the amount of people voting, per se, uh, in that direction, you're gonna get it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So we talked about how good the industry has been and how fun, you know, we talked about, you know, starting in it, but there, it does have its ups and its downs. And right now we are in the middle of sort of an up, uh, not even sort of an up, a very, uh, what they call a bike boom. Can we talk for a second yeah. about what's happening? And, you know, because I get calls all day, you know, people asking for bikes and I'm telling them, you know, not us, it's a global shortage. Can you talk to us about that for a second? Yep. So this is a, prior to the pandemic, we were, uh, we had a bike boom in e-bikes, okay? It was starting. It started in Europe. Uh, there are places like Germany where 50% of the bikes that they're selling are e-bikes. Uh, this has been going on for the last 10 years. So what's happening in the United States with e-bikes? Like I said, it's right at the five-yard five line. We're just at the beginning of it. And so we were entering a bike boom with e-bikes, and we were at the beginning of it, not just with uh, Electric Avenue bikes, but we were at the beginning of it in all of our stores where we were seeing, uh, you know, 100, 200, 300% increases in e-bike sales. And so heading into the pandemic, that was happening. Then we started having a bike boom on just regular bikes. So now it's called, we have a bike boom boom going on, all right, heading into the pandemic. And the pandemic really wasn't even playing into that yet. Then the pandemic hits and people go, ah, I, I wanna ride bikes because you can't do anything. So all that together combined with a supply chain being uh, not just in bikes, but cars, ma manufacturing, uh, lumber, anything, uh, supply chain constraints as a result of the pandemic has uh, created uh, a bike shortage uh, beyond any, I mean, beyond anything that you could imagine in the sense of you'd walk into a store, walk into EAB, walk into any of our stores, 
And where we would have three, 400 bikes on the floor, we have 25. And that's, and we have in queue, uh, people that have put deposits down on bikes and it will be many months before they get them. Um, it, it makes what happened in the mid seventies seem like nothing. So this is, uh, this is gonna go on for a while. Yeah, and that's what I, I mean, I don't wanna use the words painful, but it is, you know, when people come in, you know, we're trying to do whatever we can because we talked about it earlier, hospitality, we're in the hospitality business before Correct. the bicycle business. So it's important to us that we get your bike on the road. So we, we're dealing, we're trying to figure out every single avenue that we can to get people right. out on the road. What do we, is, but we, go ahead. I was gonna say, we, but we have, what we have there, we don't have everywhere. We have rental bikes, we have Ride Detroit. We can, we can take somebody on an experience. We're not gonna sell those bikes. We're going to keep them there for rentals for Ride Detroit, no matter what. And people can come and they can get on those bikes. They can test ride them if they want just a short test ride, or they can go on a Ride Detroit tour and you know, once they're on a once they're on a tour, they come back. They're smiling. It's it's over. They're they're converted. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what do we have to look forward to uh, for the future? You know, we're talking about these bike. You know, this bike boom boom. Uh, what do you think is coming up? You know, I think uh, the e-bikes will make acoustic bikes. Uh, I don't want to say obsolete, but uh, you're walking and somebody may say, hey, you, you remember those acoustic bikes? Do you have any of those? And we go, oh, yeah, there's a few in the corner. Uh, and e-bikes will be everything that's on the floor. Every type of bike today that you see will have a motor on it, meaning it will, it, whether it's a fat tire bike, trikes, everything will be made into an electric assist or a, even a throttle uh, e-bike. And so that's going to become the mainstream. But what's, what's more fascinating about that is what e-bikes do, and you know this because you've experienced it, but it transforms transportation, especially in an urban area. So uh, e-bikes, you have the e-bikes on the one end, and then you have electric cars on the other end, and then everything in between. And that's going to transform uh, transportation in our, in the world and especially in the urban areas. And so, uh, you can, once you, once you get on an e-bike, you can start to realize how you can get from point A to point B, and it's not going to be, uh, necessarily by a car, uh, more than likely it's going to be some, some form of, uh, electric transportation and, uh, bikes will play a big part of that. And they already are. Well, I can tell you like one of our biggest sellers uh, you know, the turn cargo, 90% of the people I would say that walk into the store have no idea what it is. But once I talk to them about the versatility and we're talking about it living in an urban area, you know, that's yep. probably our number two selling bike right now, because once you break it down, it's versatility of utility versus, you know, just straight pleasure. You know, it's an amazing, it's, it's really a city bike. And, th and what's cool about right. e-bikes is they make a different type of e-bike. Like when you touch for every kind. I mean, there's a cruiser, there's a mountain bike. So I agree. If you'd have told me years ago that, that acoustic bikes would be going out, I would have laughed at you. But I was also the same guy who would have said five years ago, if I, you put a motor on my bike, I would have punched you in the eye. 
So right. I, I, I am converted. I, I will go on record saying that I, I don't think I've touched an acoustic bike since the time you loaned me the bike because I prefer the option. This is what I tell people. If I'm out on a bike ride and I go 50 miles, I got to get back. I would rather have the option to turn the motor on than not have any option at all. I think once people hear that and start to deal with that, pro that processing, they'll start to convert. Right. I mean, I go to the bike shares. I go out of my way to find the electric version of them. I mean, it's crazy. So the last time I was on an acoustic bike was on a bike share riding to another station so I could find an electric bike. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I wouldn't even know. I mean, I've ridden one, but they just feel so weird to me. Uh, yep. The construction yep. of them are, are just so different that they, they feel almost flimsy to me now. You know, it's so weird. So, yeah. Michael, yeah. Uh, any last words before, you know, you, you, I let you go, brother? I know you got a busy day. And, I mean, you had, we had a great meeting this morning, first thing in the morning, one of the best meetings I've had this year. Thank you. Uh, and then you had a meeting after that, and I know you got another one probably coming up. So any last words before we let you go? No, I mean, anybody that knows me, they're, they're, they're probably sick of hearing me talk about e-bikes because I can talk about them all day because they will change mm -hmm. your life. Yeah. That's not an understatement. If you've never been on one, I challenge you mm -hmm. to ride one and tell me that it's not going to change your life. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I, I have a thing that I do. Sometimes I'll go on a tour with somebody and there's always somebody on the tour that says, oh, I don't want to ride an e-bike. And I said, well, you can ride it with the motor off. You know, that's fine. And I say, I'll right. bet you, and I say, but I bet you $20, you're going to turn that motor on today. And then 10 minutes later, they fly past me going, I get it now. So right. I've seen it happen a million times. Once again, yep. Michael, thank you for coming on today, brother. I've been waiting to do this, and I was waiting till I had viewers, and now we got the sassy lighting. I mean, this is amazing, brother. Uh, I, I hope I get more likes than Kenny. That's 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 all I care about. Ooh, you got some work to do, my man, because he's up to probably, I think, near 375 views and still growing. So you better start sharing. Uh, and can I think he's yep. been campaigning. You know, maybe maybe even paying people. You know, you never know. Yeah, I'll pay. I'll pay people. Okay. I'll, I'm down then. I'm in. <laughs> Michael, I'll talk to you later, man. Thank you All for right, letting Jason. us use the shop to do this show out of. Thank you for believing in me, man, and partnering up. Thank you for hiring Anthony, man, who is Thank one of the you. most amazing Thank people ever in the world. You Thank you for Alpha. Thank you for everybody, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Jason. All right, later.